Sirens. Chapter 20. Before Don forced them to call it a night, they paid a visit to Matt's office building. He wasn't there. Neither was John, hidden in some closet somewhere. No one was, except a skeleton crew of computer people and a security guard. The process of fixing the parking lot was underway. Marianne stared at the extensive work while Ash scouted the property. I guess they weren't good odds anyway, Marianne said, trying for cheerfully optimistic and falling somewhere around gloomily resigned. Worth a look, Ash kissed her cheek. She slept restlessly, pulled from what dreams she had by the awful feeling of falling that made her whole body jerk. She stared, sandy-eyed, at the ceiling, then rolled over and spooned up against Ash, trying to absorb some of her stillness. She thought of that popping sound, loud and small all at once, and how Ash had jerked. The stomach beneath her hand was flawless. The blouse had been tossed in the garbage. Her leather jacket hung over the back of a kitchen chair. Marianne had rescued it from the trash, to Ash's bemusement. She thought she could fix it up. Marianne hadn't explained. She wasn't sure she could. Her mind replayed the sound of the gun. She saw Ash jerk again. She heard the ringing of the phone and the hotel staff. Tears hurt more when you were tired. They came all on their own. The pop of the gun. The ring of the phone. Where was Matt? Where was John? How many men had the siren really called? Her mind painted images of worried families all over the city, wondering where their loved ones had gone. The pop of the gun. The ring of the phone. Her fault. Her blame. Her responsibility. If Ash died now died when she did, if what Nikki had said was true and if Ash had really chosen her. The dream of her, Marianne sat up, rubbing her face. Sunlight was beginning to bleed away into fire. She'd gone back in time to save Ash from the doppelganger's twisted house. Maybe that would have been enough, but she'd also kissed her and seen some kind of realization hit her. What if she'd kept it to herself? Maybe things would be more businesslike. No feelings fucking things up. Ash gently shook her shoulder. Her head jerked up and she winced. Sleeping, sitting up. Really bright. Come, my girl. Get dressed. Quickly. She stumbled, disoriented by sleep and lack of it, finding clothes and dragging them into the bathroom so she could wake up enough to pull them on. What is it? Ash had her bag ready. The TV was on. Some interstitial of the Lionsgate Bridge. People walked or biked along beside the heavy traffic. Maybe that's why they were showing it. The steady stream of headlights picked out dark, human forms and railing supports. She frowned and peered closer. No, those were people. They were just standing as still as stone, regular as though they'd been built there. Astrid has moved quickly. Who are they? We'll find out. Ash held out a picture. Blurry and out of focus, but recognizably the lion's gate, taken from the park. It was left for us. What does it want? When she spoke to me in the parking lot, she seemed lost. She wanted to go home, to have a home of her own. She was so confused. Now, now, she's just mad. 
She has John, so I guess it doesn't matter what it wants. She tried to make herself think of hurting Matt. Gun or knife or something. It made her ill. The paper burned up, but I remember the incantation. Do you? Marianne opened her mouth. There was a long pause. God damn it! It isn't your fault. I suspect this was meant to happen. They really do keep their shit to themselves. That's why she's wise. Not just a little clever, Marianne finished. We don't have any more of the powder stuff, either. He just has to be weakened, nearing death. Marianne looked at Ash. Are you thinking... She made the fang gesture. Crude, but effective. We'll lose the light after. If past is prologue, it will find us. In another person. Ash was silent, letting Marianne come to the only conclusion. The light would find a new host, and it would go on killing its way through the world. And what about the guys on the bridge? What about Matt? Can we fix him after? I hope that the light will be weakened enough that its grip on the men will release. As for Matt, I know my way around a blood bag. Hope. Marianne looked down. It was John. It was Matt. It was Ash. I know the lay of your mind. She sounded proud. Marianne's gaze flicked up, and the expression on Ash's face filled her with bubbles. Suddenly, things didn't seem so bleak. God damn it, how did she always do that? Let me gather a few supplies. The wind in the park was wet and icy cold, making her ears ache. It twisted her hair out of its ponytail, bowing the trees. She shielded her eyes against it, looking towards the bridge. She was sure John was there with the others. She wished she was there instead of here, to drag him away, get him out of danger before they faced the siren again. At the same time, she remembered the hiker out in hope. The siren didn't give a shit about him. None of them. If it thought she was trying to rescue him, she could imagine something similar. This time a long, black tumble into the ocean that people used to kill themselves pretty regularly. So she knew it would be fatal. Courage. She took Ash's hand. We know our business. Yeah, just another hunt. Distracted. Keep its attention on you until I can get close. You got it. So she was faking it a bit. Maybe Ash knew and trusted her anyway. Prospect Point should have been busy, even with the blustering weather. Photographers loved drama and joggers were out in any weather. As they got closer, the temperature dropped. More than that, the air sharpened in the way that it did in the coldest winter, stabbing at her lungs, making her head ache, and it was dry. Dry like sand. It was hard to push closer, like a physical thing blocking the way. The people they passed wondered at it, hugging themselves as they fled the sudden change. Gas pockets, Ash murmured. Convenient. The best lies are. Ash strapped her backpack securely to Marianne, then took her face between her hands. She tried to smile. We got this. Marianne kissed her, and then Ash was gone, into the trees. Marianne pushed on to the dramatic viewing point. It really was beautiful. She could see the towers of the bridge, water and islands, and a patch of winter, beautiful and strange, 
and thick with malice, if only because she knew it was the siren that caused it. Joy, fun, see. It was literally a season out of time. She stopped short, mind racing. Time. She'd done it before. She'd opened gates and traveled. If she could open one, say, next to Nikki's office, close enough to hear. It wasn't really toying with time, per se. Just eavesdropping a little. She leaned against a tree and closed her eyes. The picture of the warehouse that appeared in her mind felt generic. Not quite right. She rubbed her fingertips together, recalling the thick, fat bags of animal feed in paper and coarse-woven plastic. The sound not of wind, of the first narrows in the inlet, but a smooth, whirring forklift out in the yard. Better, but not quite. Dry grass, hay, grains and something sweet mixed in that made her think of dessert. Just faintly, the smell of cheap hamburgers. The pop came with barely any effort. No dramatic screeching or anything. It was still glowing, and it was pretty big. Around a pallet of alfalfa pellets. What the hell were those? She could see the office door, still too far away to hear. The view swooped. It was the only word for it, like a curtain moving forward and the view was suddenly filled with a grungy blue wall, so close she could see the lines of one fingerprint left on the paint. It felt like being very briefly very drunk. She staggered, shaking off leftover dizziness. So, she could move it. That was new. The voices were clear now. It was closer to the end of the crash course. Paper bags rustled. Ash, tidying up. Nikki's voice, and then hers... Something that made her feel itchy. It was worse than a recording, somehow. It took a minute for her to focus on the actual words. Start over, she heard Nikki say. Her past self didn't sigh, although she was pretty sure she remembered wanting to at that point. She closed her eyes. The incantation was about the length of a sonnet, but less sensible. It wasn't like learning something for the first time. Even though the sense of absence in her memory felt absolute, as she listened, it was more like a song that she hadn't listened to for years. Good. Make sure you hit those long E sounds. Her past self dutifully repeated the phonetics. Got it, she thought to herself. The fuck? She caught a glimpse from the corner of her eye of an older dude on a forklift. Ah, shit. The gate snapped closed. She stood frozen, heart thundering in her ears. The wet wind of the park whipped around her. How had she missed a fucking forklift? Dumbass. Shut the fuck up. The doppelganger rolled its eyes. You have your little magic spell, so stop being such a gutless wonder. She pushed herself away from the tree. The patch of winter glowed against the green and blue. All of the colors seemed so vivid. The words of the spell felt fragile, dandelion seeds ready to take flight, like it didn't want to be in her brain longer than it had to. Gotta keep my shit together. Her boots crunched into the snow, kicking up little eddies ahead of her. She hunched her shoulders against the growing cold and went on, instinctively remembering the way to walk when one false step could have you skidding down a hill on your ass. 
The swift flakes painted streaks against the lights and swirled in a drift already knee-high by the time she reached the place where Matt stood. He watched her, hands loose at his sides. Come to kill me, Mare? It sounded like Matt, not the thing. The resignation in his voice and something else, something deeper, made her feel so guilty. I don't want to. You came here to do it. You brought me here. That picture. You know I gotta do something. Matt turned his head, but it was the siren whose eyes surveyed the magnificent scenery. The lives of the men on the bridge are in your hands. What do you want from me? Just let it be. Leave me alone to live the life that I should have had. You'll hurt people, Astrid. You're already hurting Matt. You don't have to do all that. She waved at the bridge. You didn't. He chose to let me inhabit him. He wanted to. Because you lied to him. And Ash. And me. Not entirely true, the doppelganger said. It floated above a snowdrift. Blood dripped down and vanished before it could stain the pure white swell. You felt it was wrong, and you let it happen anyway. You ignored your feeling, and now your sweet little spare piece is suffering. So much. She shuddered. Of course the bitch would know. It loved misery. She tore her eyes away. Her hand was close to her knife, and her mind screamed at her because this was Matt. He was her friend. She wanted the siren gone. A knife wasn't going to help. Unless she hurt Matt, too. It's words that will help. The incantation. What did you tell him? To convince him. He knows the truth. Sure. Okay. And now it's past tense, right? He doesn't want to anymore. I deserve to live. I lived before, and Ash failed me. I lived in our garden, and you destroyed it. Am I not owed something? You had your life. No one is owed anything more than that. That's not how it works. The ice wind kicked up again, until Marianne's heart felt like it was clenched into a fist, just to keep it from freezing. She pushed towards Matt, shielding her eyes. If you can't survive without owning someone, then you're just a parasite. What would you know about it? A lot. I can see. This? Bound to another? A shambling wraith when once I played in the sky. Would it burn through Matt and move on to someone else? How long could it live, jumping from body to body? How many lives would it destroy? The wind dropped away. Marianne heard her own frantic heart. This is all I have now. All I took from my heaven. Why shouldn't I use what power I have? Ash wanted to help. Matt did, too. Because they're good people. She failed me. This is my right. A life for myself. You fucked up. What? The snow stirred into little tornadoes of ice. Yeah. It's sad. It's tragic. He was a huge fucking asshole, that guy. She saw the doppelganger smirking and looked down at her hands. Ewan, he was a monster. He played you. Played me. We both fucked up. But you had your chance. Two of them, even. More than most people get. One life, good or bad, long or short, just one fucking kick at the can. All of the things Ash had lived through. Maybe it felt intimidating, but it was just her living her life. The bits now, 
With them together, that was her life, too. Their life. And if Ash wasn't afraid, Marianne shouldn't be either. Maybe that's why Ash hadn't told her. Why she always encouraged her, even if it meant clinging to a cliff face. The temperature dropped, wind biting her skin. Marianne gritted her teeth. You think the cold scares me? Bitch, I'm Canadian. Just let him go. Let them go. Go off and live peacefully, like the others. The siren laughed. Do you think they are? Wait, what? Our sisters. It smiled with Matt's charming grin. If you think of me as evil, you're in no way prepared for them. So be different. Help me. Help us. The siren watched her. It was Matt, too, though. Matt, who had a thing for her. Why hadn't she noticed? Or had she, and ignored it? Didn't everyone say that women and men couldn't ever be friends? She saw his expression turn bitter. Please, she said. No. The siren waved its arm. No! Marianne ran, slipping in the snow. From the bridge came the sound of car horns and screams. Chaos, like that night. What did you do? Just a couple. You just murdered innocent people. Who lives to adulthood and remains innocent? Don't be stupid. Marianne flinched. The siren must have seen it because it moved up quickly behind her. Marianne tensed, ready, but it didn't touch her. Why do you think it was us, after all, used for the gates? It circled her. In the world, there are far more powerful creatures than stupid girls. A weird magic thing, just something we can do. Just luck. Good or bad, jury was still out on that. It often is. The siren's voice seemed genuine for the first time. At least, genuine and not so evil. Girls are the last, you see. No one believes with more purity than girls. We cling the longest to the light, we girls. The world gorges itself on us. Despite herself, she felt humiliation sting her cheeks. Just a few brief years, just a second, to the old creatures. A momentary, blinding light that they snatch away, because they want it for their own, to destroy. If I let you go, what would you do? Live the life that was stolen. Forgive Ash her failure and move on. Live in this world. Was John really out there? Was he still alive? In the distance, she heard a growing chorus of sirens. Police, fire, ambulance. Mare, she's lying. The siren choked herself off. No. She choked off Matt's desperate warning. He half reached for her, his face twisted in misery. He was abruptly lifted away. The siren spat and screamed, and Marianne thought it was the only reason she could see anything. Matt's struggling even managed to slow Ash down. She laid him down in the snow with all the gentleness she could manage. The siren lunged to her feet, cold snapping out like a whip. Ash rolled out of the way. You promised. Ash hissed, muscle and bone contorting beneath her skin. They'll die. All of them. I'll kill them all. The siren dodged Ash's charge, half lifting into the air. A flying man, casting shadows on the snow. For a minute, his, there, expression was transformed. He looked ecstatic. 
For a minute, Marianne wanted to scream at Ash to stop and let them go, because this was what Matt must have imagined when he first volunteered. It was all the potential, amazing and perfect, that would tempt anyone. Bobo trusted you, she shouted. It was stupid. Christ, it sounded stupid. And cruel. The siren jerked to a stop. Mare, Bobo trusted you, and she made you hurt him. Mare, I can't. We can help you. She shuffled through the snow. Come on, just come closer. There was a scream, and his body jerked, but sank enough that Ash, with a growl, lunged for him and pulled him down. Scarlet splashed across the snow. All the times that she swore she wouldn't mind watching Ash feed, but now she looked away, seeing Matt kick and struggle like a dying beast beneath the claws of a lion. The siren screamed. It was weaker, but the blast of cold exploded the lamp overhead. Marianne blinked away the spots from the flare of light. The siren used its last strength to tear Ash away. It staggered to its feet, holding its throat, and turned toward the bridge again. Marianne tackled him, it, pinning him to the snow. He growled and bucked beneath her, more than strong enough to throw her. Ash appeared, pinning his arms, teeth sinking in again. His strength began to fade. Yellow glittered beneath his skin. He arched off the ground, gagging as light poured out of his mouth. She felt the words of the incantation dancing just out of reach, ready to disintegrate. It's just a memory test. Just a school assignment. Icy snow drove like needles. She closed her eyes against it. All she needed was the first word. The rest would come. The smell of dry grass. Alfalfa pellets, maybe. The sirens screamed again. Even Ash growled in surprise. She wiped the snow off her face and opened her eyes. Words glowed. Letters etched like sparks, spitting wherever the snow touched them. She began to speak, forcing her numb lips around the syllables. Longy, don't forget it. The echo of Nikki's voice coached her. The words burned and vanished. The wind against her face was briefly warm and full of the smell that came after, and then it, too, died down. There was a long silence. Marianne sagged back, looking up. The light crashed against an invisible sphere. It was probably screaming. She would be, but she couldn't hear anything. You remembered. Ash's voice was returning to normal. She stripped the backpack from Marianne, hands flying over the medical equipment she'd collected. She considered telling her about the door and the whole time thing. Just had to be in the moment, I guess. If Ash believed her or not, she couldn't say. She was busy trying to get blood back into Matt. Here, my girl, hold this. A bag of red was thrust into her hand. On some level, she was grossed out, but it was way down below all the other levels that had experienced so much worse. The siren screamed. A blast of ice formed a sphere in the air, a gleaming metallic melding of silver and gold, before it shattered and slid down to the bottom. Still juiced up then, but trapped. She wondered if they were supposed to bounce it to Nikki's. It's still got its powers, dumbass. She looked at the doppelganger, and then the glowing sphere. Malevolent, yes. Malevolent joy. No. Screams and shouts reached them from the bridge. 
A helicopter searchlight swept over the water. Oh, fuck you. Marianne wasn't concentrating exactly. She was just the kind of mad where you weren't really thinking at all. Blank, gray-eyed rage. And that's what the door opened into. It sliced through the sphere, bisecting the light inside, and snapped closed. Ice fell to the ground as the sphere disappeared. Half of the light vanished with it. Door. Another tear snapped open through the cloud of light. Close. It shut fast. Over their heads a shower of golden sparks floated down, like fireworks dying in the sky. She slashed her hand through the air. Door! Another clump of light was cut from its mass, snapping off into some world of fury. Sparks tumbled to the snow. Again and again, until the last fading wisp, she tore the light apart. By the time she was done, she was panting, light-headed, though from the work or too much feeling, she wasn't sure. The sky was empty. A balmy, deep wind bloomed over the snow, taking the icy air away. Marianne. It's cool. I'm okay. She sagged into the snow. Energy balmed. A wisp of cottonwood fluff touched her cheek. The wind had fallen back to a wet sea breeze. So, it was a gentle touch from a half-dozen trees that had appeared around them. This time, she just watched, feeling the little eddies of air over her skin, warm and cool, like mingling seasons. Spring and fall. Her favorites. She watched little flecks of tree speckle the snow. Okay, so it was a little scary, all of this. Exciting and scary. Good luck or bad. But it was hers. It was never his. It was always hers. Across the snow, the bloody doppelganger stood with an unreadable expression. Mine.